What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, George Truly. Jai Shields got a jam-packed, exciting show for you here on this Thursday. Been looking forward to it. Sorry there was a... Blame Spotify for no episode on Wednesday, but I will make it up to you guys with a fabulous show here on this Thursday, June 17th, the year 2021. Happy 20th birthday to my best friend and friend of the podcast program, Brandon Dillon. He turns 20 years old today. Happy birthday. Shout out to him. Talk NBA playoffs, all the series, and the craziest day in the NBA that was on Wednesday. Give you all of the happenings and Tuesday night. Give you all the happenings as far as the NBA playoffs is concerned. Got NBA coaching moves I want to uh, I want to sound off on a little bit. You better believe I am going to uh, rip the my Baltimore Orioles Major League Baseball and these pitchers screaming and yelling and belly aching because God forbid we can't you know we. we we, we we can't cheat anymore. Uh, I mean, I'm so sick of them, man. I th- I'm gonna be fe- I'm gonna be feisty. I'm gonna be enthusiastic. I'm gonna be passionate, and I'm gonna get. And I don't charge you all to listen to this, but I'm gonna give you your money's worth because this is the, I I haven't been more excited for a show in in quite a long time. But but this show is going to be it. So let's get right into it. Um, let's begin with the NBA playoffs and put the entire bow and uh, and kiss the Denver Nuggets goodnight uh, after their uh, after they got swept by Phoenix this pa- after they got swept by Phoenix this past weekend and an absolutely marvelous and phenomenal and I mean I, I can't believe how good he was Chris Paul throughout the, throughout that entire series was absolutely off the freaking charts. I mean, I can never recall, and I understand I'm young, I'm only 19 years old, but I can never recall in my years of watching NBA playoff basketball, I can never recall a player. Well, well, there's probably been some postseason performances that you're going to throw at me, but that Chris Paul's 37-point performance that he had in Game 4 on Sunday and just throughout this entire series against Denver, I mean, you want to talk about a postseason performance for the ages. He f- played 40 minutes, 37 points, was 14 of 19 from the field, 19 shot attempts, missed five of them. Perfect from the free throw line, seven assists, two steals, and played absolutely out of his mind and had a season high that's regular. Prior to Sunday, Sunday night, he had not scored 37 points in the previous playoff games against the Lakers and early in the series against Denver and throughout the entire 72 regular season. He had a season high, so he had a season high, regular and playoffs combined, season high 37 points. Devin Booker, who has had a phenomenal postseason himself in the Lakers series and in the Denver Nuggets series, had 34 points, 11 and 25 from the field, uh, had 11 had 11 rebounds, four assists, and a, and a steal, and combined those two, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, the two most important and valuable and best players on the team, combined for 70, combined for 71 of Phoenix's 125 points. I mean, and Chris Paul, who's who needs, who's who I am going to 
uh, wax poetic about for for a couple minutes here because he deserves it. I mean, a, just a phenomenal job. I mean, you go back and you look. I mean, he, he had fifty in his last five games. He has had fifty-two assists and has only turned over the basketball four times in the last five games. Four times. Russell Westbrook. Uh, four times. Four times. And he joined Karl Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the only players in NBA playoff history that are that's over 36 years of age scoring 37 or more points in a playoff game. I mean, he has done a absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job in the postseason. I mean, he scored 27 points. He scored 27 points in Game Three. Uh, and again, and again, he he isn't he isn't the type of player anymore that's gonna blow up the stat sheet and drop fifty points, drop uh, drop um drop uh, 47, 49 points like Kevin Durant did the other night, which I'll get into. He isn't at that at this point in his career, and it's funny, you know. I and, and I said this when he got hurt early on in the Lakers series. I said that if that if Chris Paul is not healthy, and if Monty Williams isn't essentially forced to cherry pick and pick and choose when when Chris Paul is and is not going to be out there on the floor playing, the Phoenix Suns have no shot. And whatever happened, the tides changed, Anthony Davis got hurt, and Chris Paul, all of a sudden, his shoulder his shoulder became pretty manageable. Where he's out there playing, where he's out there giving you 36, 31, 37, 40 minutes a game, and he's out there making a positive contribution. He doesn't turn over the basketball a whole hell of a lot when he's out there on the court, and he and and he isn't going to take 20, 30, 40 shots a game. But when he does pick and choose his spots, and when he does choose to take jump shots, more times than not, he's going to make them. I mean, all I mean. So Sunday night, it was he'd give, get the ball off, he'd get the defensive rebound or inbound the ball on on the Phoenix's next possession, and as he dribbled the ball downhill or so to speak or down the court, and he sensed like he was going through a maze. He was just he was like uh, he was sweat. He's going to twist and turn and do whatever he can because he's got a particular spot on that on that basketball court where he feels most comfortable in hitting his mid range jump shots. That nine times out of ten is always 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 gonna go in and that and that is how he killed Denver in this series the mid-range jump shot and him getting hot specifically in the second half in the mid late portions of the third quarter and having him along with Devin Booker along with Cameron Payne that played that has played well this postseason along with Jay Crowder that's made a nice contribution all of them collectively getting on that little hot streak whether they were down by a couple of baskets to Denver up by a couple of baskets to Denver or the game or the game was tight back and forth they every single every single game you can pinpoint a moment in the third quarter where the the switch turns on for Phoenix, and they all of a sudden, and they all of a sudden turn on, turn on, uh, turn on savage mode, and they and they stick the and they stick the stake through the and stick the dagger through the hearts of the uh, of the uh, Denver Nuggets. Whether it was in Phoenix, whether it was in Denver, every I mean, it's repetitive. It's almost as if like was well, middle third quarter. Well, sun's about to get hot, and 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 if the and if the Nuggets were up by you know by six points. 
you better make sure that you keep your eyes glued to the TV because if you went up to go to the refrigerator, get something to eat, take a piss, whatever you had to do that took your attention off the game, by the time you got back to the game, Phoenix, the, the game was already in Phoenix's domination for them to uh, to finish out the rest of the, uh, the rest of the third quarter and through the fourth and win the basketball game. He has had a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal postseason. Phenomenal. He has shot this postseason. He's shot in 10 games that he's played. He's shot 50% from the field. He's had a 91 free throw percentage. He's averaging four rebounds, nearly nine assists, um, a steal, and 15 points this postseason. But in the last, but in the three out of the three out of the four games against Denver, he scored 20 points or more. He scored 21 in game one, 27 in game three, 37. Like I said, season high in game four. And it's just been absolutely phenomenal. When he gets to the line, he hits his free throws, and he does what he has to do in order to in order for his team to win basketball games. He is their most valuable player. If Chris Paul ain't on the court, the Phoenix Suns' chances of winning go down. He's he's in the game and he's playing and he's clicking on all cylinders. The the Phoenix Suns are their their winning percentage goes up tenfold. And and Devin Booker's had a hell of a postseason, but I said it when he got hurt early on in the Lakers series. There's that intent, that's that intangible, that veteran leadership and that playoff experience that Chris Paul brings to that young basketball team that is able to get them over the top. And the and it's going to be a shame because he's going to at the minimum he's going to miss game one of the Western Conference Finals. He is vaccinated, thank God. So it looks like he might not miss that much time. But he's also got to go with the back-to-back days, I think, with the negative COVID test, which is unfortunate because it's like you look you look throughout Chris Paul's career and he always gets the short end of the stick and gets a bad bounce. When he was on the Rockets a few years ago, when they got to the conference finals against Golden State, they Houston could taste could taste the Western Conference Championship, and all of a sudden, Chris Paul either went up for a layup, or he went to grab a rebound or something or other, and he ends up and he ends up rupturing his hamstring and is out for the rest of the series. Houston collapsed. They shoot the twenty. They shoot and miss the twenty. I think it was the twenty-seven straight three-point shots, and the uh, and the and Lon, and the the. Warriors end up coming back to win that series and go on to another NBA and go on to appear in another NBA Finals. So he's always got the short end of the stick uh, for whatever the reason in in uh, his career. This looks like it's going to be another chapter in in the in the in the snake bitten career of Chris Paul with the COVID with the with him going to miss time with COVID. I hope and pray that it isn't going to be that long because whoever whoever LA plays in the conference final. You want to see LA at their full strength and at their best, and they're at their best when CP3 is out there on the court balling his tail off. He has had, I mean, I mean, how, I mean, how can you not love this Phoenix Suns team? I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're a young group of guys. Monty Williams, how can you not like the, their head coach and Monty Williams? And then, of course, you got the the veteran that's been around the block for a minute, and Chris Paul, who, who's essentially, who, you know, who's just as who's up there as one of the best point guards in the NBA all time and right now, except for the fact that except for the fact that he has no rings, he has no rings to show for it. 
So if Phoenix is good, if Phoenix is at their best and their championship aspirations are as good as anybody else's uh, in the in the rest of the NBA of the teams that are left when Chris Paul is healthy and when he's on the court. Seems like he might miss a game or two, but you hope that they can carry the load and they can manage as best they can that game or two they have to play without CP3. So come game three, Chris Paul's going to be healthy. He's going to be raring to go. Maybe this is a, maybe this is the blessing in disguise. They can kind of provide a little bit of extra rest for that shoulder. I mean, they're going to get plenty of rest as is because it was a clean four-game sweep, and they're going to go about a week or so without playing any games. But, you know, who knows? But you hope Chris Paul is okay, and you hope that he gets back out there healthy because I, because I, th I found my team that I want to win the NBA championship it's the Phoenix Suns. We're rooting for the Suns and Chris Paul hard rest of the way because the, because the team deserves it. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA a few a few year, a few short years ago, and now all of a sudden they're four wins away from going to an NBA to from going to an NBA Finals and winning the Western Conference Championship. And Chris and Chris Paul, where everywhere he's gone. Whether it's hamstring, he f having a fallout with Doc Rivers in in Los Angeles, whatever it is, it never ever goes. It never something whether whatever it whatever it is and whatever it might be, something always never ends up going his way. And you hope that he gets that championship that's uh, that he's been trying to chase throughout his uh, throughout his uh, throughout his fantastic NBA career. So I'm be pulling for the Suns hard in the Western Conference, and as long as they're playing in the NBA playoffs, the Phoenix Suns is I'm number one. And and before I put the official bow on that series, um, I'm a sound off here on Jokic's ejection in a minute on Sunday night. First off, for everyone out there on social media and on Twitter and everywhere else that's saying, oh, the NBA is soft, or how can you do that? How can you throw the MVP out in the playoff game? And everyone who was all up and on screaming and yelling on Sunday night about how dare you throw out Nikola Jokic from a uh, from an elimination playoff game when he's the when he's the uh, reigning MVP and it's a home game. First off, I got a couple of things to say. Okay, it's not necessarily if you go back and you watch the play, it's not necessarily his actions that gets him the flagrant to and gets him ejected. It's the intent behind it. And the NBA referees who have been spotty all season long, they they got this right. And I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because the referees realized that realized and took and knew what the situation was. They knew. First off, first off, Phoenix was about to go. Like I said a few minutes ago, it's it's been it's been it's been their signature, their signature all series long. That come mid late third quarter. Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns get hot where every single time the ball is in their hands they they end up making they end up uh, put end up uh, putting the ball in the basket and scoring and and racking up points every possession so and and they were just about to go on that last fourth and final run that was going to be the the coup de gras to the Denver Nuggets' 2020-2021 season so he sensed that and he knew that because if you go back and look and look at the game sequence when that play happened is just about when when the Phoenix Suns were about to get hot and about to run and hide and and t and take this game from Denver in front of their fans. That's the first thing. Second thing is that you know that Jokic sense it's a game full. It, what, they were they were, the, the Jokic sense senses that it is a game four, an elimination game in the playoffs 
at home. He's the reigning MVP, and he sees and he knows that he's about to get swept in his home in his home arena. And he's the defending MVP. Meanwhile, his partner in crime, the great Jamal Murray, is sitting on the bench in street clothes and can't do anything about it. So he's so he was pissed and frustrated as hell that he was about to get swept in his own building as a as an NBA as an NBA se- regular season MVP with his buddy Jamal Murray sitting there on a sitting there on the bench helpless and he can't be out there helping them to to fight for their playoff lives. So that's the second thing. Third third thing is you cannot under any circumstances excuse the fact that this man who's about twice the size of Cameron Payne takes his arm all the way back like he like he's loading a slingshot to bring it all the way forward and obnoxious tomahawk chop because that's the only way to tomahawk chop the ball out of Cameron Payne's hands and ends up getting a he ends up knocking him on the nose so it, so what 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 would have occurred if if he actually would have made harder contact and would have gotten more of his nose in the basketball Cameron Payne's nose is three inches to the right and he's bleeding profusely all over all over the arena floor it would, would, would it not been of worthy of a flagrant two then if he was if he was bleeding and holding the game up for 30 minutes Like this isn't street ball. You that's that's a that's a move you pull when you're in the fifth when you're when you're in the sixth or seventh grade taking on taking on a bunch of taking on a bunch of second and third graders. That's the move you you pull in street ball. Oh look at me! I'm the big bad giant. I'm Shaq compared to all these compared to all these little kids. I'm a vigorously and obnoxiously slap the basketball out of their hand because I can. So he and everyone's like, well, well, you can't throw him out of the game because because it's an elimination playoff game and he's the MVP. Well, obviously Jokic doesn't care that much because, and I don't want hear anyone sit up here and say, well, would LeBron, would Anthony Davis get ejected and get a flagrant two for doing the same thing? Well, here, well, here's the part that y'all don't understand. In that situation, LeBron and Anthony and uh, LeBron, whether LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, you name the player, would not be dumb enough, would not be stupid. Stupid enough, and would and would not lack the, uh, the and would not lack the self and would and would not be lacking in self awareness that egregiously to the point where they get so pissed and get so annoyed where they're going to vigorously, violently, and obnoxiously slap the ball out of an opponent's hands in the in the second in the late in the late third quarter of an elimination playoff game at home. They're not dumb enough and they're not stupid enough to do something so so freaking ridiculous. They're not dumb enough to do that. In a, in a million, billion, trillion years, you would never, ever, ever see LeBron do anything that stupid. Never. You wouldn't see LeBron do it. You wouldn't see Kevin Durant do it. You wouldn't see you wouldn't see uh, you wouldn't see uh, Anthony Davis do it. You wouldn't see Steph Curry do it. You wouldn't see Klay Thompson. You would not see. You can name any big player you, you want right now in the NBA. You could. You, you would not. You wouldn't be caught dead seeing them something. Seeing them do so, do something as stupid as that. When it's an elimination playoff game and they're at home, their season's on the line. And he's going to sit there and risk it by doing by doing something childish. You wouldn't see LeBron James do anything as stupid and as mind numbing as what Jokic did on Sunday night. You wouldn't you wouldn't see him. You wouldn't catch him doing it. So that argument's out the window. 
And the refs knew that he was pissed and he was annoyed. His partner in crime's on the sideline, can't do anything about it. He's about to face elimination at home as the MVP. He's and he and he sense and he and he, they knew that Jokic sensed that. Oh boy, here we go again. Phoenix is about to go on a little hot little run that's gonna that's gonna end our season and and uh, and knock us out of the postseason. So oh, the game's lost. What the hell? I'ma just tomahawk the ball out of Payne's hands because I'm that pissed and I'm that annoyed. And if the referees got it, and if the referees is, and if the referees' ruling was so egregious when they came and they announced it was a flagrant two and he was going to get ejected, why in the world didn't Jokic throw a fit and race holy hell and protest the fact that he was getting kicked out of an elimination playoff game at home and he's the reigning M NBA MVP? He didn't protest. He was like, oh, well, I'm ejected. Dap the pain. I guess apologize. So whatever he said to pain and walked off the court. So, I, so the referees got that right with Jokic. He deserved to get kicked out. Deserved it. Deserved it. And if you think, and if you think, and if you think not, you don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. And don't sit up here and say, well, if LeBron, Anthony Davis, nonsense. LeBron, Anthony Davis. LeBron, Kevin Durant, nonsense. Though, and Anthony Davis, too. Those three players will not be dumb enough and will not be stupid enough to risk getting thrown out of an elimination playoff game at home because, because they're pissed and because they're frustrated. They'd buckle down and find some way, come out of high water, to win the basketball game and to keep that series going an extra game. They would not be dumb enough to get kicked out of a playoff game at home over something stupid like that. Tomahawk and Tomahawk chopping the ball out of Cameron Payne's hands. I mean, give me a break. My goodness gracious, mate. Give me a break. Uh, moving on to the Utah Jazz and LA Clippers series. Um, and Kawhi Leonard looks like he's going to miss some time because he's with a knee with a uh, with a right knee sprain. He did not he did not play last night. We'll get the playoff P in a minute. But they've taken care of business. They were down 2-0 like they were against against uh, Luka Doncic in Dallas. They were down 2-0 in that series. They came back and won it. They were down 2-0 to Utah, allowing Donovan Mitchell to go crazy and have his way with the Clippers the first two games of the series. Now the Clippers once again have dug themselves up. Out of their uh, out of the ditch that they put themselves into to tie the games the tie the series up at two games apiece heading into last night and then and then they go into last night in Utah and Paul George and Paul George God bless him who's received plenty of criticism and rightfully so the whole pandemic beat trolling and everything else had a phenomenal performance 37 points was 12 to 22 from the field uh, had 16 rebounds five assists and a five assists a steal and two blocks you also throw into the fact that Marcus Morris had a hell of a night, was near perfect from three, three or four from three, 10 of 16 with the jump shots, had 25 points a block, a steal, two assists, and two rebounds, and Reggie Jackson, who had a phenomenal night himself, eight of 15 from the field, had a 22 points, 
two steals, three assists, two and two rebounds in the game. Uh, it was absolutely phenomenal at playing the supporting cast members to Paul George being the lead star while during this time that Kawhi Leonard is out. Did an absolutely phenomenal job, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job for the Clippers. Uh, and and it's just and you got to give Paul George you got to give Paul George all the credit in the world for for not for putting his team on his back, putting his team on his back and having and and having the self awareness to say look, the Kawhi Leonard's out who also is the eighth All Star to miss a playoff game this year the most in NBA history that of the Elias uh, Sports Bureau but had the self awareness to put his team on his back and say look. I'm uh, Kawhi Leonard may be the guy, but I but look I got a respons- I got a responsibility here. I'm gonna put y'all on my I'm gonna put y'all on my back, and I am going to bring you all home. And and he did a phenomenal job at doing so. And so give all so give Paul George all the credit in the world. The only thing I'm going to say is that Paul George cannot have a 37 point magnificent performance on Wednesday night and then come game six when they come back to Staples where the light's going to shine the brightest at uh in the city of angels in Tinseltown and it's a, and they have it and they have a chance to do what no Clipper team has done before and that's to go to a Western Conference Finals and Paul George comes out there and craps and craps his pants he, he cannot do that and 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 that's the thing that's kind of with the playoff P and why he's a little bit overrated because he has it because he has a tendency to perform out of his mind one night and then the next game completely forget how to or excuse me I should say play like he completely forgot how to play the sport of basketball and he and he is just an eyesore to watch go up and down the court. So he cannot play like this to take it to have a chance to clinch the series in Game Six. Offer him to offer him him to urinate on himself and to allow the series to go back to Utah at three games apiece. If it goes back to Utah for a game seven, I'm not thoroughly convinced that the Clippers that the Clippers uh, have a chance to get it done without Kawhi Leonard. It also helps uh, last night Utah. They went three of three of twenty two from three in the second half. They were not good, not good for uh, shooting the basketball. Their three points. I mean, when you live when you you live by the three, you die by the three. And uh, Utah died by the three last night as they cannot make as they could not make a three point basket. Uh, if their lives depended on it, just to give you a couple of stats before I move on to uh, move on to the series in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. Since the playoff expanded to 16 teams in '84, the Suns are the only team to knock out both of the previous year's conference finalists in the first two rounds. Jokic is the fifth MVP to get swept in the playoff series, and the first is Magic Johnson in the 1989 Finals against the Bad Boy Pistons. Second MVP to also get ejected in the playoff game in the last 25 uh, playoffs. Most recent being. Steph Curry in 2016. I believe that was the game where he threw his. I think that was the last game that they had in Cleveland. I believe it was that game five where he got all annoyed and he ended up throwing throwing his mouthpiece to the to the official and they got kicked out of the game. And I wax poetic about Chris Paul. Let's go. Let's uh, give. Uh, let's sing a uh, Devin Booker's praises because so far in closeout games this postseason he's had 80, 81 points, 22 rebounds, shot shooting 53 percent from from three. And from the field, and a ninety-five percent free throw percentage. I'm telling you, I'm gonna be, root, I'm gonna be rooting, I'm gonna be rooting for uh, for Phoenix like hell the rest of the postseason because th- th- this team's got spunk, this team's got character, and they got it, and they're very likable, very, 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 very likable. 
Now I'm gonna save the 76ers for last because I I I, I just I, I don't understand the Philadelphia. I do not understand the Philadelphia 76ers. We will we will save them uh for and their back to back epic collapses for last. What we will discuss before what we will discuss before that is the is the uh is the Nets and the Bucks uh and we'll and we'll of course uh sing Kevin Durant's praises here in a minute but after the Nets uh the and Ke- and Kevin Durant for what is worth got shut down as best you can shut down Kevin Durant uh 9 of 25 from the field 1 of 8 from 3 in game 4 uh, on Game Four back in Milwaukee on Sunday afternoon, losing 107 to 96, uh, Kyrie Irving uh, missed the rest of the game. Did not play the rest of the game. I, I excuse me with a bat with a bad ankle injury, and the Bucks uh, and the Bucks ended up tying the series at two game apiece. When it looks like they were going to be down for the count, and uh, when they did not show up in the first two games of that series at the Barclays Center. But but boy was Game Five a dandy. Game Five was an absolute complete. Dandy Kevin Durant, like a you know, Paul George putting his team on his back. How about Kevin Durant putting his team on his back? James Harden, God bless his soul, who gave it a go on a bad hamstring playing on one leg. He did, played 46 minutes, was not a factor. But how about Kevin Durant? 16 of 23 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, 49 points, 10 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. 17 rebounds in the game, and one of the greatest, 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 one more time, greatest playoff performances that you are ever, ever, ever going to see in an NBA playoff game. I mean, what a just an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal play. He was stupendous, stupendous on Tuesday night. He is the first player in NBA playoff history with 45 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists in a game. He had 30, 30 points, 3-0, 30 points in a, in a playoff half, half for the second time in his career and is the first Nets player with 30 points in, in one half in a playoff game and the last 25 postseason appearances for the Brooklyn Nets. 69% of uh, shooting percentage from the floor tonight. That's the third highest field goal percentage and a 40-point triple-double in the history of the National Basketball Association playoffs. But then you also have to look towards the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks, who had a 94% chance of winning game five in the middle of the third quarter, who fell flat on their face and absolutely embarrassed themselves. They embarrassed the Milwaukee Bucks organization. They embarrassed the city of Milwaukee. They embarrassed the state of Wisconsin. They embarrassed the National Basketball Association. They embarrassed American sports with their epic, epic, epic collapse. And Giannis... Antetokounmpo, can you please explain to me and to everyone that watched that game with a minute 50 left with the game tied at 104 apiece, can you please explain to me when you have James Harton single covering you in the post with a bad leg, 
Can you please explain to me with the game tied with at 104 under two minutes left why you decide to take a fadeaway jump shot instead of posting up against Harden when he's on one good leg? Can you please explain to me that? And can Chris Middleton explain? When late in the fourth quarter, in the closing seconds, why he has the ball driving with the open lane towards the basket, and he decides at the last possible second to pass the ball to Giannis Antetokounmpo for him just to drop it on the gymnasium floor and turn it over and have it be the official coup de grace to the, to the Milwaukee Bucks on Tuesday night. Can someone explain to me that? Can Budenholzer explain? Can Giannis explain? Can Milton explain who shot 8 of 22 from the field on Tuesday night? Can somebody explain why in the world the Milwaukee Bucks even kept Brooklyn in the game? I don't understand. Let as many as 17 points and they flushed it down the Brooklyn senile toilet. Giannis, two-time MVP, going up against James Harden, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, in a tie game of an NBA playoff game in New York City, less than two minutes left. And instead of him trying to post up, trying to attack the basket, I got him, sh- I got him shooting a fadeaway. Oh, my gosh almighty. I got him shooting a fadeaway jump shot instead of posting up and punishing Harden, who's playing on one good leg. My goodness gracious. And then Middleton with the wide open lane to the basket, he panics and gets scared and play like he's playing a game of hot potato and he, and he gives the ball up to Giannis off him to just turn it over in a, in a waste of possession for, for Milwaukee, which would have either tie the game or put them up out in front. I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, Kevin Durant played out of his mind, but my, but my goodness gracious. I mean, and that, that jump shot that Durant made a few minutes prior to, I mean, when he, with the shot clock, I even, I even tweeted, this man is just showing off now. Because that honestly is one of the greatest playoff performances that I have ever seen in my years of watching NBA basketball. As, as great of playoff performances you are ever, ever going to see. But despite that, how in God's name does the Milwaukee Bucks choke that 70 point? I mean, Brooklyn shouldn't have even been in the game. They had them down for the count, and they just and they just let Brooklyn just come on. I know you wouldn't win this game. They just kept them in there. I mean, I I just I do I don't I I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. And does anyone decide? Does anyone decide that we should? I don't know. Double. Or maybe triple team, uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, like how lo- how long did it take? I mean, they got outscored seventy-one to forty-nine in the second half. Does anyone sit up and decide? Hey, maybe James Harden. I know he's been out there on the court for nearly the entire forty-eight minutes of the game. But you realize that he didn't have his jump shot tonight because he's playing on one leg. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we start to start to double, maybe triple team Kevin Durant for a change. Put Giannis on him. My goodness.
I mean, Kevin Durant played 48 minutes and straight up roasted the Milwaukee Bucks on Tuesday night. Played all 48 minutes and roasted them. Roasted them. I mean, that, 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 that was absolutely, positively disgraceful. Disgraceful! But if you thought that was bad, the 76ers were 20 times worse. In their back-to-back -back collapses, collapses in games four and five. Let's start with game four first, and we'll get to game five in a minute. Losing 103 to 100, they led, okay? Fin or, excuse me, Philadelphia led as men their largest lead of the night was 18 points. 18 points. Joel Embiid, goodness gracious. Four of 20 from the field, one of four from three, 17 points. Four turnovers. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, I... D and when he gets a... He is underneath the basket. Underneath the basket. Underneath the basket. With a chance to hit the layup to give the 76ers the lead... And he misses it. You have got to be kidding me. Oh, wait. There's also more. Joel Embiid was also, in case you didn't realize, O of 12. O of 12 in the second half. Give Trey Young all the credit in the world. He's a bad man. We get that. He's played his but he's played out of his mind this postseason. Youngest with 18 plus assists in a playoff game. Joining company with Spud Webb, Rondo, and Kevin Johnson. I get, I get that. We'll wax sporting. It's about time Atlanta got was on the opposite side of a collapse. But still, I mean, how? Can, I mean, how you you can, you cannot def, you cannot defend this. You can't. I mean, he gets underneath the basket and he misses the and he misses the layup and they blow the game. And then they turn around last night. They play at home, Wells Fargo Center. And do you know how much the 76ers led on Wednesday night? 26 points. How in the world are you an NBA playoff team? And blow a 26-point lead in the playoffs at home. How is that possible? How in the world is that freaking possible? How is that possible? How? With 2-10 in the third quarter, the 76 were up 24 points and had a 99.7% chance of winning the basketball game. How did you blow that? You, you, got, you, guys are, you guys get paid millions. How did you blow that? How? I mean, what, 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 
it, it was so bad. It was so mind-bogglingly bad and so atrocious for Philadelphia. Do you know that Embiid and Seth Curry were the only 76ers to make a basket in the second half? I mean, you gotta be kidding me. Tobias Harris was 2 of 11 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, and scored 4 points. 4 points! And Ben Simmons missed 10 free throws. Ben Simmons, who is getting paid, getting paid $30.5 million this season and missed 10 free throws in the NBA playoff basketball game. I mean, what does Ben Simmons actually do when he's on the basketball court? And I'm being, and I'm being 100% honest with this. What in the world does Ben Simmons actually do when he's on the basketball court and the Philadelphia 76ers have possession? He can't shoot. He can't shoot threes. And when he does choose to shoot threes, and when he does choose to shoot the basketball, he misses nine times out of ten. He doesn't, by his own discretion, he doesn't choose to take jump shots. And when he gets to the free throw line, he can't make a stinking free throw. I mean, you, you can't, you, what does he do when he's on the basketball court? Getting paid, getting paid, one more time, getting paid $30 million a year to miss ten free throws, and then that'd be a playoff game. What, what, what do we do with Dr. J and Allen Iverson in the building? I got jo I got Joel and I got Joel and B and, and Seth Curry the only 76 to score a basket in the entire second half. I got Ben Simmons missing 10 free throws in front of Dr. J and Allen Iverson. What are we doing? And Tobias Harris going two of eleven from the field. Who's getting Who's getting paid? Oh, you want to see how much he's getting paid? He's getting paid thirty four million dollars this year. Getting paid thirty four million dollars playing an NBA playoff game in front of Dr. J and Allen Iverson, and he and all he can give me and give the great Dr. J and give the great Allen Iverson is two of eleven from the field and all three from three and four lousy points and thirty eight minutes of play of an NBA playoff basketball game. What are we doing? What are we doing, Philadelphia? Honest to God, this is back-to-back -back games where you fold it up and collapse it like a like a condemned building. What are we doing? What are we doing? We got Joel Embiid can't make an easy lap when he's underneath the basket. He has a chance. He has a chance to bring the Philadelphia within one lousy freaking point. Gets to the free throw line and breaks both free throws. I got Tobias Harris can't make a freaking jump shot. I got Ben Simmons who can't shoot threes, can't shoot the basketball, doesn't just shoot the basketball, and obviously can't make uh, free throws either. I mean, what? What? Why are the Philadelphia 76ers even in the playoffs if they're playing this poorly? And and, and Doc Rivers, what 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 what? what? So what ben Simmons is getting paid thirty thirty and a half million to essentially be just be a standing body and just to be useless when when his team has the basketball. 
and they got Tobias Harris getting paid thirty-four and a half million to be to be essentially a human garbage can. Both of them are combined getting paid sixty plus million dollars to play basketball, and they can't even do that right. I mean, what, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Tobias Harris, five-year, $180 million contract to give me and the Philadelphia 76ers two of 11 from the field, an O of three from three, and four lousy points in front of Dr. J and Allen Iverson. You must be kidding me. You must. 750, second quarter, Philadelphia, 43-28. third quarter, 83, Philadelphia, Atlanta, 58. 11-27, fourth quarter, 87, Philadelphia, 69, Atlanta. 855, fourth quarter, 91, Philadelphia, 78, Atlanta. And these chumps and these Muppets somehow lost that basketball game. Dwell Embiid is sitting underneath the basket, can't make a lousy layup, gets sent to the free throw line, breaks both of his free throws. Ben Simmons can't shoot. Ben Simmons is honestly completely useless as a basketball player offensively. He does absolutely nothing. I could care less about his little lousy four, his little lousy uh, four rebounds and his, and his dopey nine assists and his, and his lousy steal and his lousy block. Nobody cares. When you can't shoot threes and you can't make free throws in, the two th in 2021 as a point guard in the NBA, you are useless. You're better off playing in China or Australia or someplace. Because you're not serving any purpose, looking like a complete idiot in front of Dr. J and Allen Iverson sitting courtside of an NBA playoff basketball game. And Tobias Harris getting paid by the bushel to, to, to miss, to miss nine, nine jump shots. I mean, you, you, you cannot under any, any, any circumstances make this up. I mean, I mean, they should be ashamed to walk the streets of Philly today. Honest to God. I mean, you couldn't play a worse second half if you tried. They got outscored in the second half. In the second half. 69 to 44. I mean, it's... Go, if, if I if I give this any more thought, any more process in my mind, I'm I'm a I'm gonna have a heart attack. Go to break before I. They're lucky I'm not a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Because if I was a Philadelphia 76ers fan, I don't know what I would do if I if if I ever ever saw Tobias Harris and beating Simmons out there. On, I, 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 I don't know what I would do if I ever saw them walk the streets today in in Philadelphia. I don't know what I would do if I was a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Go to break. Ah, back after this.
Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Atlanta Hawks came back from a 22-point halftime deficit. That's the large. That's the third largest halftime comeback in NBA playoff history, and the largest after the first round. Largest blown leads in a playoff game in the last 25 playoffs. 26 points by the 2176s. That's the third largest blown lead in NBA playoff history. Next to the 27 lead that the Grizzlies blew to the Clippers and the 19 Warriors blowing a 31-point lead to the Clippers. Only team to blow an 18-point lead in back-to-back playoff games in the last 25 years. 95% of win probability in Game 4 and 99.7. That's near 100%. In game five, and they couldn't finish the deal late fourth quarter. Embiid, Harrison, Simmons. Out of the three of them, they only made one shot. Embiid, one of ten. Tobias Harris, 0 of five. And Ben Simmons, who's completely useless as, as an offensive basketball player. And for the just in the NBA, period, didn't attempt a jump shot for whatever the, for whatever the reason. Maybe he's maybe he's got his head in his clouds with Kendall or Kylie, whatever with those dopey genders that he likes to frolic himself and spend his free time. It obviously isn't in the gym developing a developing a damn jump shot. Uh, he spends more time occupied and fooling around with that nonsense instead of becoming a decent a decent uh, competitive and worthwhile and positive contributor to his basketball team. I mean, this man has missed more free throws in the 2021 NBA playoffs that's 45 than three NBA teams that's in the postseason. Hawks, Suns, Nets. 45 missed free throws. And this man's getting getting paid, what, $35 million a year, whatever money it was? I mean, you, you, I mean, you, 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 you got to be kidding me. I mean, getting paid. I, I'm a pull. I'm a pull it up one more t- one more time because th- th- this is just ab- this is just absolutely. I mean, you, I mean, you you can't you cannot defend this. I mean, this is this is just inexcusable. A five year, hundred seventy seven million dollar contract. He's getting paid thirty and a half million this season to miss more free throws in the in the in playoff games than three complete whole teams that are competing in the postseason. 45 missed free throws and getting paid. He's getting paid 30 and a half million a year. Honestly, what does he do in his spare time? What does he do and what positive contribution does he bring to the table offensively to the Philadelphia 76ers? Because he's either afraid to shoot jump shots and when he does shoot them, he, he, he can't throw the ball, he can't throw the throw the basketball off a boat into the Atlantic Ocean. If you can't make threes and you can't hit free throws as a point guard in the 2021 NBA, what are we doing? 
and you're getting paid over a five-year period, $177 million to embarrass himself in front of America. I mean, that, I mean, I, I just, I don't get it. I, re I really do not get it. I mean, Allen Iverson and Dr. J puked when they watched that courtside last night. Vomited when they saw that. Charles Barkley was vomiting in his vomit basket in the TNT Studios in Atlanta last night watching that. What does he do? Honest to God, what does he do? What does he do in his, during the offseason to, to make himself a better NBA basketball player? He's getting paid near, damn near $180 million to stink. He's got more missed free throws than three whole NBA teams competing in the playoffs right now. How do you defend that? And Tobias Harris is getting paid handsomely too. Can't make a jump shot. Oh my gosh almighty. And yet all I heard for a hundred years was trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. Well, what, what, what is the process? Blowing double digit leads and postseason play to the same team on back-to-back -back games? Is that the process? Blowing 16 plus point leads in, in playoff games? Is that the process? Joel Embiid missing clutch layups late in the ball game? Is that the process? Or missing back to, or missing or going a big fat goose egg all of two in free throws last night with the game on the line? Is that the process? Ben Simmons not being able to shoot threes. Is that the process? Mm -hmm. Tobias Harris not being able to hit jump shots. Is that the process? Mm -hmm. All I ever heard from Hunter Hill was shut the process, shut the process. Shut the process. Enough with the, tell the freaking trust the process garbage. I'm tired of hearing it. Bums getting paid, what, nine figures to play like absolute crap. I can find AAU kids that's good that can play better in the big spot than those two jackass, mm, those two bums. What does he do? Get away from the Kardashians, Ben Simmons, and find a jump shot. Anyway, two NBA coaching vacancies that transpired over the last 48 hours or so. Scott Brooks is out of there with uh, with the Wizards. Stan Van Gundy's out of there with, uh, with the Phoenix Suns after one season. You heard a lot of talk, at least I did, inside the NBA the other night that Stan Van Gundy, who... A few of the guys uh, on TNT ended, uh, played for at one point in time in their career. They say that he uh, is he's a little too old school for to, for today's modern day NBA basketball player. Um, you know they they needed to go farther than they did when you have one of the top twenty five, top thirty best players in the league in Zion Williamson. Um, wonder if Van Gundy's going to give it another try at coaching again, or will he just say, forget it, and we'll just go to the broadcast booth. They went, uh, in the 72 games, they went 31-41 and 41 and failed to, to qualify for the playing game. Um, 
if, uh, New Orleans needs something because earlier this season, earlier in the, in the late summer, or excuse me, late winter, early spring, Williamson hinted at the fact that he loves playing in Madison Square Garden. And I know that the feet that the Pelicans, uh, you know, who are not who is not as big in New Orleans and is not as big within the state of Louisiana as LSU and New Orleans Saints football, and they lost Anthony Davis a few years ago to the Lakers, and they happened to get lucky getting Zion, a, a, another big time superstar, to essentially fill his shoes and to keep that franchise relevant somewhat. So they need to find a coach and need to find a good one that's going to stick for a few years so Zion and the, and the Pelicans can play some competitive basketball and start, making these, and start making it into the playoffs because I don't care how much Zion is beloved now that Drew Brees is gone, he, I guess you can, you can say, you, I guess you could go out, I don't, I don't know, I don't live there, but you can go out on a limb somewhat and say that he is the quote-unquote star of the sports star of the city of New Orleans. He won't be one for long. If the Philadelphia's, if it's Philadelphia 76ers, if the New Orleans Pelicans can't get themselves on the right track and start playing competitive basketball uh, late in the season, and that means playing in playoff series, um, which will remain to be seen. Scott Brooks, the head, the former head coach of the Washington Wizards, who's been there since 2016, 2017, he got sent out the door uh, and could not agree to a contract with Washington. Uh, in this, he went 34-38. Of course, made the play-in tournament. Lost the first, uh, lost the first play-in game to uh, lost the first play-in game to Boston. Uh, won the second playoff game to qualify for the NBA playoffs. Lost in five games, of course, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, they had they you know this is this is their third season this is the third season in a row where they failed to have a plus 500 record the wizards have not had a plus 500 record under his watch since the 2017-18 season when they went 43 and when they finished 43 and 39 they went uh 2 and 4 in the playoffs that season they failed to make to make the playoffs in 18 and 19 19 and 20 they got to get a good coach in there that's going to be able to uh handle Westbrook and Beal because you you know if without them that without those two the Wizards are dead, but they're gonna need they're gonna need a good coach in there that's gonna improve the Wizards and to get them back to winning you know uh, f uh, in, you know getting their win getting their win total when we finally get back to playing 82 games you know 44 45 49 50 plus uh, 50 win plus basketball in the regular season so where those two teams uh, where those two teams. Uh, will be as far as the head coaches concerned remains to be seen. It's also interesting because Brooks won Eastern Conference Coach of the Month for the job that he did getting the Wizards back into play-in contention uh, within a month of April. He won the Coach of the Month award uh, this past uh, this past April of this current season. So we wish Scott Brooks the best. We wish Stan Van Gundy the best. We will transition to baseball on my Baltimore Orioles who have also uh, gotten me pissed off as of late. Uh, get to them. This is the I'm Telling Contagious Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. Welcome back 
to the Amatella Like the TIS podcast. Um, boy, I mean, you were talking about the sports guys giving yours truly plenty to scream about here on this episode. Um, it's I mean, and, it, and we switched gears now from basketball to baseball. You know, with my Baltimore Orioles, I'm my to say my patience is running thin with this pathetic, disgusting, decrepit franchise is an understatement. But it's almost as if, like, any single time you think they can't outdo themselves with being the pathetic organization that they are, they outdo themselves. This is from a Twitter page, Advocates for Minor Leaguers, that ta- that's tweeted out on the 15th, so on, uh, what, Monday, they were told that multiple players of, on the Bowie Bay Sox, that's the Orioles AA affiliate in Bowie, Maryland, were considering sleeping in their cars. Said that the members of the Bay Sox will receive $900 after taxes for the entire two weeks homestand and are on their own for housing beginning what was Tuesday at 11 a.m. They were told some of the players simply cannot afford to spend 80% of their paycheck on a team hotel. According to one anonymous player, quote, we don't know what to do. Y'all don't have to pray for me. Because I, 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 I swear to God, y'all going to have to pray for you, pray for you, pray for me. Please, because I, 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 I can not take any more of this. I can't do it. I'm too young, and I got way too much of my life ahead of me than behind me to keep on putting up with this crap. Every single time you turn around, the Orioles are once again in the news and embarrassing themselves for all the wrong reasons. And it's bad enough that this team is on the verge of losing their nine teeth straight game on the road. When the season started, they were immaculate on the road and they can't, couldn't win a game at home to save their lives. Now, they're starting to win games at home again, but they haven't won a road game since John Means is no hitter on May the 5th. They've gone a month and two weeks without winning a road game. They're about to lose. They're, not, they're playing right their game against Cleveland, who they've gotten absolutely embarrassed by in the four games that's currently in progress at the time of this recording. But they're about to lose. But there's no chance in hell they're coming back from a 7-3 deficit because this team has, has, is as clutch as Joel Embiid at the free throw line. This team stinks. They're about to lose their 19th straight road game. They can't pitch. They can't hit. They can't drive in runs to scoring position. They have no guts. They have no grit. They have no fight. They have nothing. They are a, a they are dead as a doornail. There is not a team in baseball that when they get up to the to the later parts of the game and when they have run and when they get runners on base with a chance to do some damage either tie the game or break the way break the game wide open in their favor every single t- it's like clockwork every single time they come up short and they leave with nothing it's every it's like clockwork with this stupid team how in how are you major league baseball players, most of y'all, getting paid handsomely? Millions, 
but play a kid's game and you can't win a game on the road. How is that possible? And how is it possible that you have your minor league system, your minor league affiliates? All I'm ever, all I ever hear on on the on the head in the clouds Orioles fans and the and the people that write for the Orioles have their head in the clouds. All I ever hear about is rebuild this, rebuild that, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Oh, we're going to rebuild this, we're going to rebuild that, we're going to get prospects here, prospects there. We're going to draft this, draft that. Trust Elias, Mike Elias, and Mike Elias parted the Red Sea. Mike Mike Elias uh, freed the Jews out of Egypt. Mike Elias, this Mike Elias, that Mike Elias, our Lord and Savior, and the Orioles going to be safe. 2025, the Orioles going to be in the World Series. Blah, 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 blah. And they can't even afford to get them to sleep in a decent hotel to do their jobs. So I ever hear Mike Elias says, oh my goodness gracious. What is, since when is Mike Elias Phil Epstein all of a sudden? What is he, Dave Dombrowski? Give me a break. It's all ever here. Rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Yet the guys that you that you that you stink trying to get guys into your farm system, they have to sleep in their cars. Getting getting paid pennies on the dollar. And Peter Angelos, who's who is worth two billion dollars, you cheap scum, pay your guys. Why do they have to? They're grown men. They play in the minor leagues, but they're professional athletes. Why do they have to be succumbed to sleeping in their in their cars? You cheap wide, spend some money. Can't stand you. The sight of you and your name makes me sick. You old scummy piece of crap. I hate you, Peter Angels. I hate you with all of my soul. I cannot stand the sight of you. You piece of filth. To get these guys in the minor leagues, trying to make a living, trying to accomplish their dream of making it to the major leagues, and you don't have the balls enough to get them to stay in a decent three and a half, four star hotel. How dare you? And you're worth billions. Screw you. Gotta take out parts of their paycheck just so they can sleep at night. What is wrong with you? How about you make the Major League team sleep in their cars? Because they stink. Losing 19 straight road games. Are you kidding me? I got DJ Stewart slipping and falling on his ass in the outfield. I got Pat Vileka can't catch a can't catch a pop-up in foul territory. I got the pitcher can't feel the can't feel the lousy bunt down the down the third baseline. I got these stupid Muppets that don't know how to get a guy out when he's in the middle of a rundown. And we got a guy abandoning third base, leaving third base wide open so a player advances two bases on a lousy stinking rundown. You can't play defense. You can't pitch. You got Matt Harvey, who's the only player on the roster that has a lick of World Series experience, who hasn't been good since George Jr. was in middle school, who's 
stinks at the Men's League level. Why is Matt Harvey on your roster? What is he and what are you trying to prove? He's pathetic. He stinks. His ERA is over seven. You can't pitch. Your bullpen stinks. You can't field. I mean, I mean the mental errors and the mental mis Yes, your catches stink. You lead the universe in pass balls and wild pitches. You you stink. You're pathetic. Make them sleep in their cars for a few nights. Maybe they'll start winning some ball games. Well, Michael asks, well, there was nothing brought to my or our staff's attention of anyone considering sleeping in their cars prior to that tweet coming out. What are you doing? Your job is a GM. Stay on top of things and get your head out of your ass and pay attention. You got your minor leaguers sleeping in your cars. And you got your major league team getting charred flights, staying in five-star hotels that can't even, that struggle at catching a lousy stinking pop-up. I, mean, I, 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 I can't take this. I cannot take this. He always are a franchise, the franchise that's one of the top level organizations in the 60s, 70s, and 80s has now has now become a laughing stock. They don't spend money. You gotta go on a wild goose chase to find them on television. The lead play-by-play broadcast the stinks. I mean, what, what? You let Gary Thorne go. You're pathetic. You've won nothing. You spend more time rebuilding and you actually have competed to win championships. That's why, that's why I, I, I cannot take much more of this rebuild nonsense. You have four lousy good years. What they do? What are you going to do after the fact? It's like Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh yeah. You've done nothing lately. That 2016 season is five years ago. That 2014 team is gone. Manager, GM, every single player that was a part of that roster, all of them are gone. Oh, except for Chris Davis, who 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 cared so little about the team, then they decided to get kicked out for 30 games and banned out from the postseason because he thought it was so good. He thought it was so convenient to take some Adderall. And you gave him $161 million. How's that worked out for you, you piece of crap? How's that worked out for you? You've won nothing. He stinks. He can't even hit his weight. Getting paid $161 million to be a to be a bum. To stink. You know better than the 76 is giving Tobias Harris all that money. <laughs>
Kids League teams sleep in their cars. But on on a on the plane ride on the plane ride out of the Cleveland airport, instead of instead of coming east to Baltimore, why don't you, why don't you do yourselves a favor instead of going instead of going slightly southeast, why don't you put yourself way southeast and fly yourself to Sarasota and bring them back to the spring training facility and maybe practice on how to have some competent, fundamentally sound defensive baseball. I can find AAU traveling high school teams that don't make the same stinking stupid mistakes defensively that this piece of garbage franchise does. What is, what I mean what what are these, what do these dopes do in spring training for two and a half weeks? Look at girls in look at girls in bikinis and 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 and, 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 and go to Tampa Bay Lightning hockey games. What do they do? Man, it makes me sick. Pay attention, Elias, and get a clue. And he says. Well, um, well, uh, Brandon Hyde isn't judged on where the Orioles are in the standings. I'm looking forward to getting back to the playoffs, and hopefully, all of us are still around for that. If I was running the team, all of them would be on the a would be on the unemployment line ASAP. What 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 exactly has Elias and Hyde proven as their tenure as Orioles manager and GM? Nothing. And if he isn't judged on wins and losses and where you are in the standings, he should be judged by that god-awful defense that me and every single Orioles fan have to stomach to watch play every single night. Jim Palmer, arguably one of the greatest Orioles of all time, has to, has to contain himself from going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and has to restrain from vomiting in the broadcast booth watching that disgraceful performance that they've done in Cleveland. You think his you think his old manager, God rest his soul, Earl Weaver would stand for that? Well, I'm not judging where we are in the standings. Well, okay, fine. If you're not being if he's not being judged on the standings, then he needs to be judged by the by his disgraceful defense and his lack of team fundamentals. You practice this crap in little league. I can find a I can find a, a, a six U team that's more fundamentally sound than this. Losing nineteen consecutive road games. What are we doing? If I was their owner and, ha and had and had any balls and had any guts, I'd make them fly commercial. And when they get back to Baltimore on purpose or on the next road trip, instead of having them stay in some Ritz Carlton somewhere, you know what? You sleep in some old, disgusting 14 year old hoopty for the night. Maybe they'll teach DJ Stewart and Pat Vileka to catch a damn baseball. Or Pedro Severino not to let her, not to, not to pass more balls than a freaking porn star.
This team makes me sick. Angelos is worth $2 billion and he's got his minor leaguers sleeping in cars like a bunch of homeless bums. What is wrong with you? You piece of filth. Sell the team. Sell the team, Angelos. Sell it. Sell it. Manfred, force them to sell it. I'm sick of this crap. I take pride in this team. I live and die with this baseball team. And the people that have been around long before me that has actually seen this team won championships don't deserve the crap that they're watching now. Sell the team. Peter Angels, the worst owner in sports. Congratulations. Back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Till I Can Tell You's podcast. Uh, breaking news now is we, it's funny that the other theme of this show was uh, NBA coaches moves. Uh, Rick Carlisle was informed earlier this afternoon by Mark Cuban he will not be returning as head coach uh, for the uh, Dallas Mavericks next season. He had two years left of his contract, spent 13 seasons as Mavs head coach. Um, see, uh, let's see, well... Give it some time first off to see, you know what the what the uh, ultimatum was for him, uh, what the what the ultimatum was for him uh, going bye bye. But you know, Lucas started the team, uh, calls the shots. Uh, you know, if he if he wanted to head coach out, he wants to head coach out. Um, uh, and Cole Beasley needs to get his head out of his ass, bitching and moaning about. Uh, about the uh, COVID restrictions for people who are unvaccinated. And I, I've had enough of this, and I sat it off about it last week uh, with uh, Montez Sweat and Anthony Rizzo. If you want to be a selfish asshole, excuse my French, and not get vaccinated and risk your own health along with others because got because you have a because you have a bug up your ass about getting vaccinated, that's on you, and that's you problem. I'll tell you one thing: I ain't shedding a tear, and I'm not crying. If if Cole Beasley is sitting up in a hospital with a ventilator on and can't taste or smell his food for six months, not I'm not doing it. I, I, I've I've had it. Get vaccinated. It is not that freaking difficult, Cole Beasley. Quit being a selfish prick and get vaccinated. The hell, you turn the bill out of science guy all of a sudden. Get vaccinated. You don't have to worry about the restrictions if you just get yourself vaccinated. It ain't that difficult.
another group of people that's got me annoyed. It's these it's these pitchers that are screaming and yelling and belly aching like a like a bunch of like a bunch of spoiled brats because Christ forbid we put we put some regulations and we actually put a stop to the epidemic that to the epidemic in Major League Baseball that is that is cheating to the tenth and twentieth degree. Major League Baseball laid down a law as far as their foreign substances is concerned. Players get automatic players get an automatic suspension. Uh, if they and ejected if they are caught using a, the illegal substances, the spider attack, and all this other gooberish nonsense, uh, you know, umpires going to check the pitchers, relievers, and starting pitchers check the catchers. Uh, so they and so they so Manfred and them they laid down the law, um, and now and and Garrett Cole and Tyler Glass now who hurt his UCL in a start earlier this week against the Chicago White Sox is all annoyed and is all up in arms because how dare Major League Baseball uh, you know, stop something that's not good morally and that breaks the rules and that is cheating. It's, uh, so I'm going to give you my two cents on this as we close out the program here on this Thursday. No show uh, Saturday, so you can get and squeeze all the juice out of this episode as much as you possibly can, and I'll talk to you guys six days from now. Um, but I, I'm I, I'm sick and tired, and I don't want to hear the players moan and groan and complain and bellyache because of the fact that baseball and Manfred finally, for once, and is always reactive instead of proactive, and and decided to put a stop to this. Now I understand, and I I understand, and I get the point of Bauer and all the other players that are out there ripping the commissioner left and right of how they could have handled this better. Obviously, yes, they could have handled this better. But when your sports ran by the Muppet that is uh, Rob Manfred, who's reactive instead of proactive, and instead of giving 9,000 memos left and right over a three, four-year period, instead of him really cracking down and getting serious and putting his big boy pants on and laying and dropping a hammer on these guys and saying, look, we told you once, we're not going to say it again. Stop the crap and stop the nonsense with the cheating. So we can kill Manfred. Everybody can kill Manfred until the cows come home. But that's not. But that's not the point. I get that Manfred in the league office once again. The same thing with the steroids was reactive instead of proactive with this and ignored it until essentially and until until he had a snowball effect. And the next thing you know, you have this big avalanche. I get that and I understand all that. I also get that the commissioner's job and major that the commissioner's office and Major League Baseball did an absolutely horrendous putrid job with trying to lay down a law with this substance stuff right smack dab in the middle of the season instead of before the season started or winning until after the 2021 season. I get that and I understand and I am in a certain degree in full agreement with the criticism that Manfred has got by everybody, players and pitchers included, of how the league should have handled this better. And I understand that maybe the rosin bag, the, the rosin bag and the rise bag and the sunscreen is a little bit outdated that they kind of have to meet themselves, that they kind of have to upgrade the material they give to help pitchers with the grip the same way how they have the, how they have the spray cans and the pine tar for the baseball players, how they have to kind of upgrade that fact as far as making it easier and making it a little bit better and, and improving from the rosin bag, getting away from the dark ages with the rosin bag as far as helping pitchers grip is concerned. I get that and I understand all that. But that's another subject for the for another time. The bottom line is y'all are getting caught red-handed cheated cheating. You're getting caught cheating. Whether the whether the rosin bag does not work and it's not a sufficient 
uh, tool for you all to use to doctor the baseballs with the spin rate and get a better grip on the ball is irrelevant. The point is you're breaking the laws and you're breaking the rules of the sport by using the spider tech and using all these other ridiculous foreign substances to doctor the baseball to screw with the spin rate to make it borderline unhittable for, for the position players. That's the that's that's all that's all that matters, and that's the bottom line. Furthermore, I understand that Manfred is complete dope, the worst the worst commissioner out of the all four major sports who has no idea done knows the Astros of. I get that and I understand all that, but in defend and this is one of the rare times I actually will defend Manfred on this. Manfred has nothing to reprimand. Manfred has no reason to put out a memo, no reason to lay down a law with discipline. Manfred has no reason to play to play bad cop here if the pitchers would just abide by the rules that are given. He has Manfred has no in defense of him. To be fair, gotta be fair. Yeah, as Mad Dog has to tell me all the time, play it right down in the middle. Right, gotta be fair. The only in the, in the in the lone sole defense of the league in the and Rob Manfred, they have nothing to get on the players or punish the players about if the players just don't cheat. If you don't want to deal with the consequences, if you don't want to deal with the aftermath and the after effect of cheating, well, here's an idea: just don't cheat. It's simple. You know, it, it's it's like it's like a little kid. They they keep they keep on towing the line, towing the line, towing. The parents are like, look, stop, stop now. All right, that's enough. You're going too far. Stop, stop giving them nine thousand verbal warnings, giving them nine thousand. And then all of, and then all of a sudden, when a parent just has, is you know is fed up and is had and is and you know has had enough and put the and say you know what that's enough and decides to lay down the law with some uh, form of punishment, then the kids got the nerve to, to moan and groan and belly ache and cry and toss and and throw a fit and throw a temper tantrum because because the law was finally laid down after they were given numerous and numerous and numerous and numerous. Amounts of warnings telling them to stop their bad behavior. They didn't care. They said to hell with it. They ignored it, and they and they and they disobeyed it, and they did whatever the hell they wanted to do. And it's just like it's just like kids. Your parents, you want them. You, you give them verbal warning after verbal warning after verbal warning. All of a sudden, just get tired of talking. You say, all right, whatever. I'm I'm the cop. I'm the sheriff in this town. I'm gonna throw down a hammer and lay down the law. And then they get all annoyed and get bent out of shape because you finally laid down the law and they and they don't like what you, what you're putting down. That, that's not how life works, guys. Quit act like petulant children getting paid millions to play a kids game. Grow up, touch your balls, put your big boy pants on, follow the rules, and don't cheat. You don't have to worry about Manfred giving out these memos and laying down the law if you guys just don't cheat. The rules say don't use these said foreign substances. You all took it upon yourselves to say the hell with it, to hell with the rules. I'm going to do it anyway. And that's not how life works. That's not how this works. Don't you you don't have to deal with Manfred if you just do not cheat. Simple. I, I don't understand why that's such a hard concept. Just don't cheat. 
and I got to hear Garrett Cole sound like a complete petulant child and sound like a baby on the verge of Tizzle. This is so hard to grip the ball. Go to hell, Garrett Cole, and shut up and grow and grow and grow and drop a set of balls, will you please? It's just so hard to grip the ball. You, you went eight innings pitch last night, gave up two runs on four hits. And, and, and you walked away with the win when you beat the Blue Jays last night. What in God's name are you bellyaching and crying like a child about? Shut up and grow up and don't cheat. It's just so hard to get the ball. Simply sound like a complete Mitch. You know, it's just so hard to get the ball. Simply on the verge of tears, crying like, crying like a, crying like a freaking four-year-old. Oh, it's just so hard to get the ball. For me's sake. Oh, grow up. You grown man getting paid over $200 million to play a kid's game and to sit up here in front of the media sounding like a freaking five-year-old. Grow up. You soft. Grow up. What are you crying about? You went eight innings pitch, gave up four hits, two runs, and walked away with the win. Who cares that you didn't strike out 10, 9, 15, 17 batters? Nobody cares. You get all that matters is the win and the loss. That's all that matters. Who cares that you only struck out four batters instead of 14? Nobody cares, Garrett. My goodness gracious. Quit being so freaking self-absorbed and infantile and, and grow a set of balls and deal with it. And they got to hear Tyler Glass now. And sit up here and hear him moan and groan, picture of the Rays. With simply trying to sit up here and trying to insult our, our intelligence. And honestly, sit up here and want us to, sit up here feeding us dog crap. When simply trying to feed us dog crap, trying to pass it as chocolate mousse. When everyone, when everyone in America knows it's a pile of dog crap. Simply talking about why well, I hurt my UCL because of the fact of the band of sick substances. Well, first off, you idiot, you just realized you cheated. You just admitted yourself that you cheat and you used the foreign illegal substances that help you. So, A, just whether you realize it or not, you just admitted you're cheating. That's number one. Item number two, I do not believe for a second that this that this sticky crap, this spider tech and all this other crap that these pitchers throw on the baseball to doctor and alter the spin rate and all this other stuff, I do, I, it, I do not believe it for a second that that stuff had anything to do with him hurting with his with him hurting his UCL. Anything. I do not buy it. I mean, if if you if you believe that, I got a bridge. I got a bridge to sell. I got a bridge to sell you in Orchard Park, New York. I mean, my goodness gracious! It's the it's the it's the commissioner of baseball, and an inept turd. Yes, does he have any idea what he's doing? No. Should he have reacted? Should he laid down the hammer and not essentially done the smack dab in the middle of the season? Yes. She had not given out 9,000 medals and laid down the law right from the word go. Yes, absolutely. Is, my, is Rob Bamford the worst commissioner in history of baseball and the worst commissioner in sports right now? Yes, absolutely. All can be true. But at the same time, he has. you don't have to worry about dealing with Rob Manfred if you guys would just get your act together, swallow your pride, stop being a bunch of sneaky little, stop being the sneaky little bastards that you are, and just don't cheat. 
You don't have to worry about Manfred if you just follow the freaking rules that are given to you. All you got to do is just follow and abide by the rules. You don't have to worry about Manfred. Don't have to worry about him giving these memos and giving these stupid statements and laying down a law and having umpires uh, check on you guys for, for this crap. You don't have to worry about that if you just don't cheat. And I understand that it's bad optics that the commissioner's reacting because everyone's going gaga over the fact that we've had 9 million no-hitters in the first two months of the season. I understand all that. And strikeouts are through the roof and swing and misses are through the roof in the sport. I get that. I understand all that. And that it's a bad look and it's bad, bad optics that the, that the league office is being reactive instead of proactive and essentially is just reacting to hearsay and what, and what the fans and people in the media are saying. I totally get that. And that's totally fair. And that's a totally accurate statement to make. But the bottom line is they do not have to do any. They do not have to give a statement. They do not have to. To, to reinforce another rule. They don't have to threaten punishment if you guys dish, just don't cheat. It's that simple. It's not that complicated. My God, I'm so sick and tired of hearing these, about, about hearing these pitchers moaning, going and complaining, getting paid uh, getting paid eight, nine figures to, to, to throw a baseball, sit there moaning and groaning and belly aching like a bunch of spoiled brat children because 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 all of a sudden they can't cheat now. Cry me a freaking river, build a bridge, grow up, drop a set of balls, and get over it. Garrett Cole, shut up and pitch. Glass now. Shut up and pitch. God, it's not that simple. Just don't cheat. Have some freaking integrity. Feisty show today. Top of the fact that I was annoyed because, again, the, the stupid people that run uh, Anchor, which is Spotify, you know, have the worst recording software on the app that I have ever seen in the going on three years me doing this show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter. And Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast. The show on Twitter uh, at Amatel underscore it T I S. It's your boy Josh Shields. Won't talk to you Saturday. I will talk to you six days from now on Wednesday. All you fathers out there listening, have a happy and a safe Father's Day. To my f happy Juneteenth, everybody. Happy birthday to my man Brandon. And happy birthday to Mike Babchick. His birthday's on Saturday as well. Talk to you Wednesday. See ya.